Welcome in to the Big Red Zone podcast. We are up to episode 12, going strong. Let's go. I am one of your hosts, Max. I am one of your other hosts, Brad. And I am one of your other, other hosts, Rowie. And we're happy to be here. Guys, that might have been the best weekend of playoff football I've ever seen. I'm still kind of reeling from that. But also, in bigger news, we're back. We're here. We're in person. Guys, we're together. This is exciting. I'm happy to be back with you guys. Roy, how you feeling, man? Uh, I'm just so sad for you because like, not only did you pick the Bills on our pod, now we were all wrong basically with our picks, but you yourself have a little uh, Buffalo Bill affinity in your blood, huh? I mean, I picked the team. They're my hometown team, and I, I like Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I you know I want to support my hometown team. That was largely why I picked them. Also, just because of Josh Allen's great season last year. But yeah, the the Chiefs won in a really what was a game that some people are attributing to a coin flip. I'm attributing to the Bills' defense not being able to stop a 40 yard drive in 14 or what was it 13 seconds. 13 seconds However you want to put it, yeah, the Bills lost in what I think was an unfortunate game for them. Patrick Mahomes is back in another AFC championship, and the Chargers are still, you know, in the offseason, just like last week. So, you know, nothing's changed. Although, I do have a my main takeaway from this game, and it's kind of a pro-Chargers take. I think if you're a team not named the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, or Chargers... Or you, Patriots. Nope. You should be very, very afraid. I think those four teams have shown that they have a quarterback who can play up to these type of games, these shootouts, uh, where you need to go 13 seconds uh, for 40 yards and kick a field goal. I think if you don't have those four game-changing quarterbacks, I would be very skeptical. Like I can't imagine being in the Dolphins' front office right now and thinking, yeah, Tua's our guy to beat Allen, to beat Mahomes, uh, to beat Burrow, to beat Herbert. I just can't imagine them sitting there thinking that. Well, I mean, both agree and disagree. Uh, I think that, you know, I've been hearing a lot over the last 24 hours of, um, oh, Mahomes and Allen are going to be a problem for a long time. And they're both very good quarterbacks. Uh, And I'm not denying the fact that they aren't going to have their imprint on this league for the next couple years. The only thing that I do want to add to that is that both teams, or both not both teams, but both quarterbacks have great weapons right now at their disposal. Now, they're both very good quarterbacks who are going to naturally succeed without having A-plus weapons. But I don't think we can fully ignore the fact that they do have those weapons, and they're not going to be able to hold on to those weapons for a long time. I mean, the only reason the Patriots were able to have such continued success is because so many receivers were willing to take a um, a hometown discount. And to be quite frank, a lot of those receivers as a whole, you know, weren't really number one receivers. I mean, Tom Brady was the one taking the hometown discount. Uh, excuse me, so Tom Brady was right. taking the hometown discount. But, like, the receivers, you know, they weren't Tyreek Hills. They weren't Stephon Diggs. They weren't Jamar Chase. And, you know, Jamar Chase is obviously on a rookie contract, but he's going to, you know... Uh, acclaim big big bucks uh, when once he's off that contract. So my point is, uh, I I like the future of the league. I really like these young quarterbacks. Josh Allen played his butt off, and I mean I'm scared to be facing him in a division for the next ten plus years um, as a Patriots fan. 
But I also just don't want to completely lose sight of the fact that these teams have A-plus weapons. And I don't think we've actually seen any of these guys, maybe aside from Josh Allen, but we haven't really seen these guys without an A-plus weapon, see how they perform. Because that's the mark of a great quarterback, is can you win both with great weapons and without great weapons? Yeah, I think that's true. Like, we obviously haven't seen these quarterbacks pretty much succeed without the teams they currently have. But we also have the, we haven't seen them fail yet, obviously, without these teams. And I think, honestly, the, the lack of talent, or I guess the uh, abundance of talent currently surrounding those quarterbacks, I think is a bit more relevant to Patrick Mahomes just because of the deadly ty- uh, Tyreek Hill-Travis-Kelsey duo. Now, Josh Allen does have Stefan Diggs, who argue, I mean, last season he had a phenomenal year. He had a great year this year, too. But really, aside from that, I mean, Gabe Davis, shout out, had an... like an absolutely outstanding game the other day but I don't know that like aside from Stefan Diggs there's that like number two offensive skill position on the Bills that like quite matches like a Travis Kelsey no I I don't I don't consider Travis Kelsey on the same tier as Cole Beasley or if you want to consider Travis Kelsey the premier threat on the Chiefs Tyree Kill on the same tier just doesn't line up I think for the Bills right now they're not doing terrible on cap. I definitely see them bring back lots of their players. They re-signed Matt Milano. Tremaine Edmonds, their linebacker, should be interesting to see what they do with him. Travis White's coming back. Travis White's coming back, that's true. Look, like for any team, no team aside from maybe the Buccaneers, and maybe that backfired on them this year. We'll get to that. Brought back all 11 of their starters on both sides of the ball. And, you know, we can't expect the Bills or the Chiefs to do the same. But, like... We all know that the quarterback is probably the most important position in football. And what Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were able to do was just absolutely phenomenal. So, like, if I'm a betting man, I am betting that these two quarterbacks and these two teams are competing and we're going to see them in the divisional round for years to come. So does this kind of change your guys'... Like, coming out of this game, are your thoughts on either of these two teams or either of their players significantly different than what it was going in? What? I have never seen a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, 13 seconds was ridiculous. I mean, I think what that game taught me is we all knew that you don't want to leave Patrick Mahomes a minute left with timeouts to, you know, if he needs a field goal. I don't know how you don't see this game and think if I want to win against Patrick Mahomes, I either need more than eight points or not giving him the ball. I mean, because, like, even with 13 freaking seconds, the man tied the game. I mean, I've never, like, that's unheard of, right? Like, I've never, I quite literally never heard or seen that at all. I mean, have you, have, have either of you? No. And what's funny is we were sitting there watching this game together being like, this still isn't over with 13 seconds left, uh, as unlikely as it sounded. Like, I agree. I think we're kind of seeing this new breed of quarterback almost like throughout the entire game it was almost kind of up until that fourth quarter outburst it was kind of a lot of dinking and dunking uh until eventually both of these teams basically just said screw it and uncorked their weapons like Josh Allen was playing a great game but mostly underneath stuff and with the legs until he uncorked the 60-yard bomb to uh to Gabe Davis and then Mahomes too just kind of activated superhuman mode like I think kind of like I said right 
without a quarterback who can do those things, and Patrick Mahomes especially, like I think we're seeing a new breed of a quarterback superstar in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely haven't seen a guy come with three, 13 seconds left and, you know, go in a game. And I've seen lots of Chargers games and not even no one's even come back on us in that sense. That's really tough for the Bills. But I will say, though, that the script that the Chiefs used to get it done wasn't too foreign. I mean, having watched several Chiefs games when they've had Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, the formula for Chiefs in comeback situations is Mahomes just passing to Travis Kelsey over and over and over again. And if you think about it, it was Travis Kelsey that, you know, got those catches to get them into field goal range in the first place. And it was Travis Kelsey who ultimately caught the game-winning touchdown. And this is a script they've ran against the Chargers even earlier this year. So I'm just really surprised at just the defensive coaching in general and the job Leslie Frazier's done. I mean, Leslie Frazier's a guy who some people were saying is going to get a head coaching position, coaching the number one defense in football. But to play like soft-shell defense and zone and refuse to put a man on Travis Kelsey throughout those last 13 seconds or overtime... I'm just wondering, like, what did he even watch any Chiefs comeback tape, like, ever? Like, it was obvious Patrick Mahomes is going to Travis Kelsey, and that's what they did, so props to them. He also literally said he was going to Kelsey at the line. I don't know if you guys have saw the videos, but Travis Kelsey, like, they designed a route for him, and in the pre-snap kind of cadence, he was talking to Mahomes and basically just said, I'm going to run wherever, like, I'm going to run where they can't cover me. And Mahomes, during his cadence on that final uh, like 13-second drive, basically said, do it, Kelsey, do it. So I don't know if they weren't paying attention or what, but you're right. I think to be a, part of being a superstar quarterback in this league is having that number one connection when, when all else is failing to go there. And Travis Kelsey is his safety blanket. One no, uh, and I, maybe it was bad on me because, like, I mean, I feel like that wasn't the biggest thing that I learned from the weekend. So to go back to like your question, like, what's the biggest thing I learned from this weekend? Aaron Rodgers, not the guy. I am hard pressed in this opinion. I don't really think. What do you mean by the guy? Like the guy that's right for the Packers, a guy that's going to win a championship. Sorry, yeah, let me be more clear. I don't think he's as elite as we make him out to be. Great quarterback? Absolutely. Elite quarterback? Yeah. Is he on the same level as Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, um, Joe Montana? No. Not at all. I mean, like, I put Drew Brees ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just don't know how we can all see the same story play out Year after year after year. Trust the narrative, baby. Of him losing out in the playoffs. I mean, for me, the play that sealed the deal was he had Alan Lazard wide open. Wide open. Game would have been over. He would have won. And it wasn't just that last play. He only threw. He threw 21 balls to Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams in that game. Great quarterbacks, when they have a great receiver can throw to them and use it. Elite quarterbacks can use all the talent on their team. And to put it simply, he just wasn't using all the talent available on that team. He only was using Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think I think that's very true. I mean, the same narrative kind of does play out for Aaron Rodgers year after year. But somehow year after year, he kind of convinces us that this is the year. So let um, him stop convincing us. Like <laughs> I mean, I mean, you mentioned Drew Brees putting ahead of him, but I feel like, I mean, Drew Brees only retired with one Super Bowl, and he kind of also had a similar thing. 
I mean, he had the Minneapolis miracle against him, which was super unfortunate. And then a couple runs on the Chargers, and, you know, the Chargers did their thing and lost him some games in the playoffs too. But ultimately, Drew Brees didn't find a way to win and kind of relied largely on his stats to kind of build himself a career as an all-time great. Now, I don't even think that Aaron Rodgers right now is, like, in the same tier as Drew Brees in terms of stats because I think up until Brady took them, Drew Brees, I think, was leading – the NFL in yards history, you know, totally most mm-hmm. passing yards yeah, in history, yeah. something like that. In any case, um, stepping away from that Drew Brees comp, I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers throughout the regular season, I, I personally said that he was head and shoulders above any other quarterback. And during the regular season, I still stand by that take. Um, I just think that last week, like the, the 49ers played excellent defense, which they've really kicked it up a notch the past couple weeks. And he probably just got kind of like nervous and when you get nervous, you just go to old reliable. Kind of how Patrick Mahomes just defaults to Travis Kelsey. That's probably, if I had to guess, what Aaron Rodgers was trying to do to Devonta Adams because he did force a lot of balls that he shouldn't have thrown. I mean, even like in the one-on-one matchup that happened, like uh, Josh Norman on Devonta yeah. Adams, he just tried to force him a ball just for the sake of forcing Devonta Adams a ball. The, it didn't really have a true direction or purpose. Just things like that that you'd expect more out of a younger rookie quarterback. So, I mean, in that sense, I feel like Aaron Rodgers probably needs to show more maturity and poise, and I agree, pass to other guys. I don't want to say that he's not a guy. I still think that if he goes to the right place, he can still contend for a Super Bowl, but I agree that, like, I think this year, ultimately, I'm going to try consciously next year to, like, you know, like, cool down on the Aaron Rodgers hype before the season. Just a quick question, though, Roy. Is he ever going to have an easier route than he had this year? No. Like, you say he's yeah. going to contend for more Super Bowls. Like, Explain. Because, I mean, I think it's just a matter of he's going to make – I mean, I don't think any of us, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm interested to hear in your take, that if he goes to a team with a good defense in the offseason or even stays on the Packers in the offseason, that he's going to miss the playoffs. Or even, I'm willing to say, he's going to win the division next year. And I'm pretty confident in that statement. And I think that for him, it's just a matter of winning these two or three playoff games that he hasn't gotten over the hump. So, like, this was the year, sure. But I don't expect him to miss the playoffs or not win his division next year. So if he can f- like find a way to win two games in the playoffs, he can do it. That's what I mean by contend for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's it's a little hard to say. And I think it very much does depend on where he goes if he does go somewhere else. I think one of the characteristics of like kind of this new breed of quarterback that we're seeing is kind of unflappable leadership, right? Like if you look at Mahomes and Allen and Burrow... Uh, in these late game situations, like they're hyping up their team, they have nothing but confidence. I think what, like, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is a bad leader necessarily, but I'm not sure his leadership style is as kind of fitting to the modern NFL. Like, he doesn't necessarily lead by example, he doesn't lead with hype, he's a pretty quiet guy. Like, I think he needs that exciting team around him to be able to contend whereas the Packers have kind of run it back over the last few years it's kind of gone stale it's hard to compete even the Niners right like Jimmy G isn't this god beater but they have these characters on offense George Kittle Debo Samuel like they just build excitement and I just think the excitement about the Packers is simply run out yeah I mean tough tough loss for the Packers I mean I think we were all basically saying that it's not enough for him, or at least I definitely was. That like, you know, it's not enough for him to make it to Super Bowl. He has to win it, and he didn't even make it to the NFC Championship game. So I mean, really, really disappointing loss yeah. in Green Bay. But dare we speak about um, 
Oh, you had something, Max? Yeah, I mean, I, j- I just think it's a little unfair to put that loss on Aaron Rodgers. Like, like I p- part of it is, obviously, he couldn't get anything done for nine straight drives um, after that first drive touchdown. Uh, I think a lot of it does have to do with the problem that's been plaguing uh, Green Bay since the start of the year, which is their special teams. Um, and I don't know if that's a coaching problem. They fired their special teams coordinator last year. Probably going to fire their special teams coordinator this year. It, I can't imagine it's a culture problem because Lafleur's a good coach. Like the offense and defense have been clicking. So I don't know what's going on. Whether they just don't have the right personnel or right or what. But the Niners found a chink in the armor. They exposed it. They stayed close. And like, what do you guys think about this Niners team? Like, are we giving them a shot against LA? No. I think I still am kind of undecided really where I want to go with that game. At this point, I kind of want to like talk about the Niners and flesh out our thoughts about them a right. bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that the Niners-Ram game is a game, obviously, that we saw twice before, and they're going to play a third time here in the NFC Championship. Um, I think the Niners are a team that's extremely well coached. Like I'm willing to say one of the best, if not the best, coached and disciplined teams in the NFL. It's a team where every single player on that field – at all times, knows exactly what job they're doing. It's not asking too much of any particular player, and they just go out and execute. And it's just beautiful to see a team that doesn't have to find themselves in a situation where they kind of go off schedule or off book. It's like satisfying to just see a team that can stick to a plan and just win games playing old-fashioned football. And that I really do appreciate. I think that Kyle Shanahan's done a great job with that team, and everyone just has a great role. And I think that lots of the players that do have and have success on that team wouldn't necessarily be as successful on other teams. It's really just a a great job of maximizing each of their players. And ultimately, that just kind of solid team presence makes them very hard to beat. Because even if you think about teams like the Chiefs and the Bills, they each have weaknesses that they're very strong in certain areas, but also very weak in others. I feel like the Niners are more balanced overall. And for lots of teams, it's hard because you can't really have to, you can't really expose them. You have to execute better than them. And they already execute so well that it's just tough to do. Yeah, I think that, like, watching the Niners is honestly, like, watching them is one of my favorite teams to watch, just because you never know what you're going to get. Like, Debo Samuel, um, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, like, they have playmakers on offense, on defense, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, also really exciting players to watch. And also just the unpredictability of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he can he can make some five great decisions in a row, find George Kittle on a beautiful pass down the middle, and then for the next three plays, just make boneheaded decisions and throw the ball into the flat and loft it up, just waiting for some cornerback to intercept it. Like, it, it, the, in, the unpredictability is just so fun for me, um, and I like chaos. So, But I don't think this team is necessarily worse than the team that made the Super Bowl, uh, what was it, two years ago, right? Uh, like, I think that they have a more complete offense, same quarterback, they have playmakers on defense. I personally don't see why they can't make another run. And I think Kyle Shanahan is a few years older and a few years wiser. Yeah, I mean, personally, uh, the game's being played at SoFi, you know, basically domed. Uh, it's going to be temperate. So it's not going to be like a Green Bay situation where it's cold and hard to catch. And I think the Rams are going to put up points. I, I really do. Um, and I just... I don't know if the Niners can actually keep pace with the Rams. I mean, the offense is capable of it, absolutely. I mean, like, the Niners' offense is great. But I don't know whether it's 
built for a shootout. I mean, if you look at the last two playoff games they've won, they played against the Cowboys, where they were pretty much up, but even though they had opportunities to put the game away, they never could. The score was actually pretty low if, if, like, if you take out like the last five minutes or so. When you look at Green Bay, their only touchdown was a blocked punt. Now, they won, and props to them. Like, I'm not taking anything away from that win at all. But score was 13-10, guys, and they only scored one touchdown, and it wasn't even from their offense. Um, if we know that the Rams, or not we know, but if we assume the Rams are going to put up at least 20, 25 points, I just really don't know that the Rams are even capable at this point of... I mean, here's the deal. We can't assume that, right? Like, the Cowboys were, I believe, statistically one of the best offenses in the league. I know they were sputtering towards the tail end, but still props to the Niners for holding them to 17. Uh, the Packers were definitely one of the best offenses in the league, and they held them to thir- uh, to 10 on their home court. Like I think that uh, the 49ers' defense is just that impressive that they're not built for a shootout, but they might not have to play one. It's that type of team. Yeah, because the Niners, unlike other teams where if you go down a touchdown, you know you're still you still feel like all right, the game's very much within our reach. For the Niners, putting a team away is very a definite different definition than other teams. For other teams, putting a team away might be going up two, three possessions. For the Niners, putting the team away might just be getting up one possession with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Because if I'm the opposing team going against the Niners defense, I don't know that I trust myself to even score a touchdown in a clutch two-minute drill situation against the Niners. I just have that much faith in their coaching and their, well, their overall discipline. Well, before we start picking, let's finish, you know analyzing all the games. So, you know, we've discussed Niners Packers. We've discussed um, the Chiefs Bills. Uh, what do you guys want to go to next? you want to give me some Bengals or you want to go to uh, Brady's demise? I mean, I, I feel like you introed it so well that we got to go to uh, Brady's quote-unquote demise. Um, yeah, this this game was interesting in the fact that the Bucks had absolutely no business being in it and the fact that the Rams won by a game-winning field goal is bizarre and the Rams I think they their stomach started to flutter their fingers started to butter because they lost four fumbles their fingers started to butter yeah butter fingers because uh, they were I, dropping I, the ball Come I on, really appreciated on. that match. thank that you thank good. you thank you follow me on SoundCloud um and I think that they just got nervous because they I don't think they went in. I thought they went in believing they could win, but I did not think they went in believing they'd be up by 24 on Tom Brady at half. And I just think that it was a mental lapse. I don't think that'll happen again. And I just think that it wasn't that interesting of a game. Uh, just They fumbled it away. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people uh, say things like, you know, Brady got unlucky, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Brady didn't get unlucky at all. Brady got super, yeah, super yeah, yeah. lucky. When you look at the... The greatest comeback in the playoffs is 28-3 Atlanta comeback. The Falcons, aside from the strip sack, which obviously was like a fumble, Brady was scoring and the Falcons worked. Yeah. When Brady got the ball, he was getting touchdowns and the defense was stopping the Falcons when they scored. That wasn't what happened here. The Rams were just like literally finding new ways to try and lose this game. I mean, like, there was a botched snap. There was a running back that fumbled. Cooper so, Cup fumbled. I just, like, I just don't really want to give 
too much credit to, like, an amazing comeback here. I mean, in the Falcons' comeback, there was a strip sack on Matt Ryan. I mentioned the strip sack. So do you want to call that, like, luck just like it was luck that Cam Akers fumbled? Like, how is one fumble luck and one is Well, well, I... Well, well, wait, hold on a minute. You're talking about one fumble versus, like, what was, like, three... Four. Four four consecutive fumbles. I mean, like, like, let's not say, like, like, let's be real here. Like, I mean, I was watching the game with both of you, and even you uh, watching the game, Rowie, said Brady's getting lucky. I'm not saying... I didn't say that. Like, I'm not saying <laughs> that... I, yes, you did. I'm not saying... For the pod's sake, I did. <laughs> I'm not saying that luck is never a part of comebacks. Because obviously, like, you know, like, uh, first of all, luck is intangible. But like, yes, there's always going to be... You're, you're going to need some type of luck if you're down 28-3. to 3. Heading into the fourth or end of the third quarter, you know what I mean. All I'm saying is that Brady scored when he had to, but I just I I can't say that he got unlucky. I can't blame this on his defense because he had opportunities to you know tie it back, basically from when they got back in the half, and it wasn't until they started fumbling that he actually started scoring. Yeah, I want to talk about two specific things in this game. Um, beyond just Brady luck and unluck, like a Pats fan would like to talk <laughs> about the game, I like to Whoa, talk about the very. I'd like to talk about the very last play where the Bucks are second to last play actually, where the Bucks ran a zero blitz and kind of left Cooper Cup one on one versus safety, where Cooper Cup didn't even need to do any sort of move; he just kind of ran right by him and caught a pass. Like, against a rookie quarterback, trying to phase him with an all-out blitz, getting Aaron throws one thing. But against Matt Stafford, who probably can throw the ball the farthest on his back foot out of maybe any of the quarterbacks in the league, minus, like, Josh Allen. Like, that that's a completely errant decision, I think. That really ultimately costed them the game. And I don't know that enough people are talking about what Todd Bowles did, because we all know how much the Bucks love to blitz ever since last year. But this blitz was just a whole new level of stupidity, in my opinion. And also, I guess the second thing I want to talk about over on the Rams side is that I think ultimately the Rams played like a team from L.A. They played like a team that doesn't have a true history, that doesn't have a true sense of dignity and self-respect to play for. (laughs) They played like a team where Matt Stafford just was like, man, it's so cool to be in the playoffs. Let's stay in the playoffs. They didn't play for a true... They weren't protecting a shield. They weren't protecting a brand. I think that that ultimately distinguishes lots of teams in the playoffs whether you have a history to kind of fall back on and know we will win this game because we have always won these games, or whether you almost feel like you're an imposter on that divisional round championship round sideline and you just start turning the ball over and making little kid mistakes because of it. Steve Smith the, uh, the other week went on the Pat McAfee show and talked about you know quarterbacks like Carson Wentz, among others, who don't have like a good reputation as winning quarterbacks being in those big moments and finding themselves on the sidelines thinking like man when will this game go wrong and I'm sure maybe whether he knew it or not that did happen for Matt Stafford it's just he was able to make an incredible throw on the very last play that kind of saved him but looking forward to the future two games he's gonna have to win to get a ring I don't know that he showed enough resiliency to kind of put the game away because we were talking about that against you know which team is going to be able to put it away and the Niners weren't be able, able to, the Rams certainly weren't able to put that game away because they just kept letting them come back. Like, lucky or not, the fact is, it's not like the Bucks were given the ball by the refs like it was in the tuck rule. They were just straight up, like, Whoa. mistakes by the Rams. 
All right, that was spoken like a like a fan of the other team from LA who is currently not in the playoffs. But... What do you mean? I told I said they played like a team from LA. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's a roast against the Chargers too. No, exactly. Yeah. But but uh, spoken like a man who believes his team should still be in San Diego. <laughs> I will say that that's true. Um, I agree with you in the fact that they definitely showed their inexperience. But I will say. I don't want to discredit them because I think the, this game very much demonstrated why they put it all in and why they rolled with Matt Stafford and why they went went all went all in to get Odell and Vaughn Miller and Jalen Ramsey last year. I just think that this team is kind of built on talent, uh, like even and Cam, even Cam Akers, right? Who's coming back? Like I just think that they're when down. And, like, things weren't going well, right? Like, they'd given up 24 straight unanswered points. They had just taken a sack and had 35 seconds to get the ball down the field, right? Like, this wasn't the Chiefs who had the momentum because their offense had just scored on their last drive, right? They had to rely on their talent. Jared Goff, I think we all probably agree that he would not have led this comeback, right? So I just want to give credit to the Rams who built the team on talent, built the team on playmakers, and in the clutch, their playmakers came through, shown out, and in the end, right now, they're in the NFC Championship with a shot to go to the play uh, to the Super Bowl. And now, I just want to make sure that we're not, like, the rest of mainstream media and continuing to just ignore the Titans, so I feel like we should talk wait, about wait, the Bengals-Titans game. Brief, brief question before that. Is Tom Brady back next year? I, I think he is. Just because, you know, I, I, I struggle to see him go out like this. Like, I, I just I just can't imagine it. Bruce Arians is going to be back. Now, I was told the other day, I think by UMAX, that there might be some, you know, tension. Yeah, some, some insider sort of yeah. sources have revealed the like, heat in that relationship. So who knows? Why but... is there heat? I, I just don't think, I think that Arians, like, he, he's good for running the offense that Brady kind of wants to run. But I think at this point, Brady wants, like, a tighter hold on the team, and I don't think Arians has that. But I don't know. I, I just read it somewhere that, that there might have been trouble brewing. I, I just I know that Giselle probably wants Brady to retire, as we heard from an insider source that yep. who shall remain anonymous. Um, however, I just I, I just personally like facts aside, just like this is a purely gut intuition feeling that I, I struggle to see Brady go out like this and I want to give him another year. Just because I think it's not like he's going to have to ask for a new contract or go out of his or the Bucks plans way. I think Bruce Arian wants him back and he said it's totally up to Tom. But the fact that he doesn't have to go out of his way and he was kind of almost planning on it anyway, I mean potentially, I, I, I still gut feeling think he comes back. Yeah, I no, I think he's back next year. I think that people are kind of overblowing uh, the retirement this year. I think he plays until age 45 next season and calls it a day. So I think at the moment, Tom Brady isn't like Mahomes and Allen, a quarterback who can rely on his talents to, to kind of will his team to victory no matter who's on his team. I think he needs an offense full of playmakers. I think it severely showed that he was missing his 1B and 1C receivers, though Antonio Brown is obviously not coming back. Uh, I think Brady wants to run it back and hope for a healthier year, hope for a better year, and a less drama-filled year. I think next year will most likely be his last, and unless he wants to play to 50. Who knows? I think he's done. He's done. You really think he's done? I mean, like, let, let's be real here. Is that none of us really know. Yeah. Like, your guess is as good as mine. Oh, so, yeah. like, you know, like, you know, don't, like, don't come after me if, if, like, if like, he plays, because, like, I, who really knows? But... 
you say I don't want him to go out like this. Unless you're talking about a Super Bowl. I feel like there's always going to be someone that I don't want him to go out like this. If right. he loses and it's like, and it's not winning the Super Bowl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. losing the Super Bowl, one could argue, oh, he's won so many and he lost the last one he's ever played in. Like, or if he loses the NFC Championship game, oh, he couldn't even make it to like a Super Like, There's always going to be like a... You know, there's always going to be a... I don't want to go out like this. He made it to the divisional round. That's for starters. Number two, as a player this year in the NFL, in the MVP conversation, had the most passing yards, uh, and his offense was basically the best in the league. Now, so I guess what I'm saying is, in terms of uh, going out that way, personally... Unless it's a Super Bowl win, I don't think this is, like, a bad way to go out. And then when I look at the other factors, the man's capable of playing another five years if he wanted to. I mean, he doesn't look worse at all. I mean, obviously, everybody quarterback looks bad in some plays. But I just think he... I think he realizes that he got lucky having the entire team back this year. And even with the entire team back, they couldn't even get back to the Super they couldn't even They couldn't even get back to the NFC Championship game. And he's inevitably going to lose a few more players, a couple players, and now free agents. And I just, I don't know whether he's going to want to get back in the saddle for one more go at another Super Bowl when it's likely going to be even harder than it was this year. And I think there was something, I think the mystique of going back-to-back for the first time since he did it with the Patriots in 2001 or 2000, whatever it was, that was special, right? I feel like at this point, he's won enough Super Bowls that, I mean, obviously the man always wants to win more, but, like, I feel like at this point, like, the value of another Super Bowl isn't as important as was the value of going back-to-back. I mean, I think he just wants to win, and I think the, what I was saying by, like, going out this way is that the fact that he kind of have a contract set up for next year and lots of the Bucks players' contracts for next year were just kind of set up under the assumption that Brady would play next year. If he calls it quits this year, because he has another year lined up in his contract, it's almost as if he like gave up early. Whereas if he plays next year and gives up or retires, it's like that was the plan anyway. So it was like kind of status quo. Right. So I guess that's what he, really what I mean. But you're right in the sense that unless you win a Super Bowl, it's not really the same. Now, I have one more follow-up question about Brady before we'll finally address the Titans and the Bengals. So, Brady, obviously, in the regular season, led the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Do you guys think that after seeing what you saw today, that you would consider, if Brady does play next year, him a top-five quarterback heading into next season? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you don't. That's the stupidest question. (laughs) Um, like he's finishing second I, in MVP. So voting. so hold on. Let 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 me name five quarterbacks heading into next season, and tell me if you take Brady over any of these five. Right? I don't think I will personally on my based on okay. my. I don't even know who they are. But go ahead. I I don't. I'm you know we we, we like to play around no, here. It, like, it, it was the like, stupidest question ever. So I just want to give you, you know, five. Okay, so yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Patrick Mahomes. I not better than Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers. Not better than Aaron Rodgers. You think he's better than Aaron Rodgers? Yes, I do. I I guess that's where we differ. I I think Tom Brady would have won the game for the Packers, but I don't think he's better than Aaron Rodgers. Heading into next year, I don't think so. And and call call that an oxymoron, if you will, because I I don't want Aaron Rodgers on my team next year over Tom Brady. Mm. But 
continue. I, I guess the five that I would take heading into next year over Tom Brady. No, no, no. Finish the list. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. He's better than Josh Allen. No, he's not. Yes. I don't think so. Yes, he is. Joe Burrow. Oh. So, no. so Joe Burrow is more Justin Herbert. He's better than Justin Herbert. I right. don't think he's better than I, Justin I, I only... I okay, would, y'all are like starstruck. You're a fan of Josh Allen and Justin Herbert because Bills and then obviously... Jackson. I'm not, though. You are just bad. I mean, no. All right, here's my thing. Yeah, right? we're, we're the only ones with bias, and Brad has no bias. <laughs> no bias. My thing <laughs> hey, is like... I've been one of the biggest Brady haters. Don't, I, don't I, call me biased. I, I would, at this point in Brady's career, I want a quarterback on the rise over him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we, we kind of yeah. saw it. I, no, the, no, wait, but we want quarterbacks on the rise. That's not what the question was. Next year, I would rather have yes. the possibility of an MVP season for her. I don't know about you were changing the question on me. You said who would be a top? Who would you take over who heading into next year? Yes, that, the I'm question, answering the question. The question isn't who would you want to be in the MVP. Wait, so Brad, according no, 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 to you, no. Tom Brady heading into next year is a top three quarterback, according to what you just said. Do so yes. you think that a top three quarterback should retire? Yes, because that's what I was just saying. Is that it's not going out bad. Is that he's going out on a phenomenal year? That's, but but, that's exactly but he's going but I'm he's saying. going out as a top three quarterback heading into next year. So what you want him to leave when he's a bottom three quarterback? In the no, league? no one's saying that, dude. I'm just saying, why would you go when you're at the top of the league like that? Like because you have so much left in the tank. Forty five. But he's a top three quarterback. That doesn't even matter, according to well, you. Well, okay, yeah, I, like, I think his kids don't matter either. I, I, I think you're, y'all you're are bringing so many in. extraneous. Points I, I think y'all are extraneous points. The man's a forty-four-year-old man. Wait, how are hold his up, kids hold extraneous? Hold up, hold up, hold up. You're you're splitting hairs. You're saying he's a top six quarterback. You're saying he's a top three quarterback. Like I don't think that's that much of a difference, right? It doesn't. Like he's still if he goes out, right? Like he's going out basically on top. But I agree with Brad in the sense that like. One, he doesn't want to decline so bad that, like, it's he's kind of going out with no a No one's asking him to decline. I'm just asking him to play one more season no, and I finish his you. contract. I, I, okay, I, yeah, I also think he's doing that. But I we'll I see. can see Brady's reasoning in still wanting to go out on top. Because I, I feel like that's, like, it's confusing, right? Because if he goes out with a Super Bowl, you can say, like, oh, he just won. Why would he not want to try to go back to back? But if he goes out on a loss, you could say he still got it. Why not come back one more year? So I don't think there's ever going to be a good time for Tom Brady to retire until he's actually bad. Hot so, take: Peyton Manning had the best retirement. I mean, like, Pey- the, the, Peyton Manning couldn't throw when he yeah, won that, that Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. It's like he didn't have it. He still won the Super Bowl, yeah. and that gave him like the perfect like it just like the perfect send off. In my mind, if if you're a top three quarterback, even a top six quarterback, you have a shot at the Super Bowl. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens ultimately, but it'll be an interesting storyline. Um, just for a quick, yeah. Yeah, I, I know we, we, we're going to lose one of our party right here uh, before we get into this last game. So, Brad, give us your picks really quick. Mm. We know the Rams. Okay. You picked the Rams. I, I got to go Rams. And you know what? I'm going to go Bengals. I really am. Uh well, I think it's probably more likely that the Chiefs will win. And one might say, if you think it's more likely, then why not pick the Chiefs? I thought it was way more likely that the Packers would win. I thought it was more likely than the Bucks would win. I thought it was more likely that the Titans would win. Wait, you picked the Rams last week. No, I didn't pick the Bucks. Check the record. Check I the believe record. you picked the Rams. Either way, I'm, I'm saying I'm wrong. You really want to keep me Okay, he's off? wrong. Uh, either, either way, my point is, all the teams that were probably more likely to win last week... Didn't, except for the Chiefs. 
didn't we? And you know, in the words of a fellow wise host, trust the trust narrative. Trust the narrative, baby. Joe Burrow's year, baby. But yeah, no, I'm picking Bengals. Uh, Bengals, Rams, Rams win the Super Bowl. Alright, with that, Brad dropped the mic and he disappeared off set. So, before we get into our picks, uh, finally, he's gone. Alright, uh, alright, let's get into hey, Bengals Titans. <laughs> we get into Bengals Titans, which was the first game of the weekend of what seemed like uh, an eternity ago after the other three games we had. Also, one on a very impressive game winning field goal by uh, Monty McPherson. As they call them, what were your thoughts watching this game? My, I was just kind of all over the place. Like up until the very end of the fourth quarter, I thought that the Titans would pull through, just because yeah. I didn't know that this young Bengals team could do what they did. The kicker's a rookie; he's never been in any situation like this in his life. I think he kicked at Florida, yeah. which means he definitely hasn't competed in games <laughs> like this before. So it's just so impressive to me how a kicker like that could be so clutch, you know, in a last-second position that they were in. And he told Joe Burrow that they were going to the AFC That's Championship incredible. before he kicked it. Yeah, I think lots of us here who were watching it on TV, as it was happening, were kind of pointing out that Derrick Henry, from the beginning really, didn't really seem like his true self. Um, that could be due to physical attributes, maybe a mental barrier that happened there, whatever the case. Or maybe went it's hiking us. a few too many times. Maybe you just went on a couple too many hikes. But whatever the case, it kind of seemed like Deonta Foreman was even having more success on the ground than he was. I don't want to pin the game on Derrick Henry. Ultimately, Tannehill threw, what, three interceptions Mm -hmm. and kind of proved to not be that clutch quarterback and more of like a Carson Wentz type who's going to do so well up until when it really matters. Um, Regardless, though, I think that Joe Burrow showed that he's a true winner in this league and that kind of his last season of college resume is kind of almost like he's picked up right where he left off. So I would not be surprised at all if they continue on to play in the Super Bowl, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, it's definitely a weekend of upsets. I was personally not a Bengals believer. I think that a lot of flaws that I thought they had uh, manifested themselves in this game. Like, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times. Uh, The Titans D-line, and Jeffrey Simmons in particular, was just wreaking havoc on their ramshackle crew of tackles and guards. Um, Like, I I heard, uh, I saw a tweet that was like, the Bengals better be praying that Joe Burrow doesn't turn into Andrew Luck. Uh, with that offensive line, like, they need to get him some help. Um, and then also, like, the red zone offense, they kicked four field goals uh, and got one touchdown, and ultimately that was enough to win them the game because of their defense. So I think if they don't sort out their red zone O and start scoring some touchdowns, which I think is partially on Zach Taylor, um, I think that they might be beat against the Chiefs. But I will say that the way this defense has stepped up has very much impressed me. Like, I don't think Tannehill's a bad quarterback, and we'll we'll get to his future in in a tiny bit. But I think that they made plays when they had to. They stopped Derrick Henry. It was really a bend-but-don't-break mentality. Uh, And they got three interceptions. They played really well, and they're going to the AFC Championship. And ultimately, Joe Burrow's a winner. Like you said, he picked up where he left off. And he's got that it factor. I don't know what it is. He's a little different from uh, Mahomes and Allen. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not. He's probably not as mobile as those two guys. But just something about him, man. He throws a beautiful ball, super accurate. And just something in his leadership. Like, that team is playing for him. They want to win. And he's got him going places. 
Yeah, I completely agree. This was really, if you think about it, largely a weekend of offensive lines among many things. I mean, it started out with Joe Burrow getting sacked, what, eight or nine times? It was just kind of crazy the amount of times they were getting back there. I mean, we really saw the the, the Bucks miss Tristan Wirfs. I think, although Brady was sacked three times, just still quite a bit, he was getting pressured lots and lots and really, you know, tested his ability to get the ball out quick. Even Josh Allen, although obviously out of those other two quarterbacks is able to escape the pocket more successfully, mm-hmm. he was getting blitzed quite a bit too and had to kind of pull out of like miracle juke moves right. to even get the ball off or, you know, scramble. So I think that it just comes to show that in the playoffs when you're really making a run, that's when the defense really starts wanting to put pressure on your quarterback just because there's already so much pressure on your quarterback. So it should be really interesting to see kind of how the Bengals defensive line holds up against a really solid pass rush yeah. by the Chiefs. And uh, same in the Rams-Niners game. I mean, the Niners have a very successful pass rush, and Andrew Whitworth did not play in the Rams game. Now, I don't want to say that the Rams' offensive line was horrendous in shambles. I don't think it was, but it just should be interesting to see mm-hmm. how the D-lines hold up. Yeah. I was personally of the camp that thought they should draft Panay Sewell over uh, Jamar Chase. I probably don't think that anymore after Jamar Chase put up the best rookie receiver season ever. Um, but if I'm them, I'm focusing 100% on protection of this upcoming draft. They're still young. They have a great, talented offense and some real studs on defense. And they have a really bright future. But so a team with a more uncertain future is the Tennessee Titans. I think you said that their window is very rapidly closing. Um, and where do you kind of think they go from here? Because I don't think they're coming back next year with a ton of confidence. I think Rabel's a great coach, and he's going to try and do what he can to kind of re- reinstill the mojo. But this divisional round loss is kind of becoming a trend. And if I'm them, I sort of like I said, I don't know how I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill and thinking he's the guy that'll carry me to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod or not, but unlike some of these other teams that we like to pick as kind of like the the poster well-built AFC teams like the Chiefs or the Bills. The Bills and the Chiefs are going to be contenders for as long as Josh Allen and Mahomes are in their prime, which is probably arguably for the next 10 or so years. I think that the Titans window, for any of you who do believe in windows, is as long as Derrick Henry is in in his prime. And I think that that's going to expire much sooner than Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. So I really think it's a matter of the Titans. Their defense is solid. It's not great, but it's not horrendous either. It's not going to give up 13, 40 yards in 13 seconds, I don't think. But I guess that's TBD if they get that far next year. I think the real question for them is can they get the right quarterback to pair up with Derrick Henry? Now, so, I think during the regular season, we thought it was Tannehill because of play action, but it proved to not be. So let, let me let me pose you a game. Uh, and We, we kind of play this off air. But I'm going to give you a quarterback and tell me if you're the Titans, if you would rather have him over Tannehill for next year. All right, so, and th- this is like gettable QBs, right? So so let's start pretty easy. Let's start with Russell Wilson. I think I'm definitely taking Russ over, over Ryan Tannehill. All right, and Aaron Rodgers, too. Of course. Yeah, so th- those are kind of the two elite QBs that, that I think could potentially go on the move. But it starts to get a little tricky. So would you take Derek Carr over Ryan Tannehill? I personally would take Derek Carr because... Now, although I do still think that Derek Carr is better at throwing the football in general, I also think that Derek Carr's proven to be able to close out mm-hmm. and win clutch games, obviously, as he did against my team this year, as he did against many potential playoff teams that he kicked out of the playoffs, essentially, this year, like the Browns or the Colts. 
So yeah, I definitely think that Derek Carr is not a guy who throws three interceptions in one of these games. All right. What about you? I would also take Carr. I think Carr is a... I, I haven't built out the exact ranking yet, but I'd say he's probably the ninth or 10th best QB in the NFL. I think he is very clutch, and I think you could do a lot worse. That being said, I don't think Tannehill's bad, but I think he's very middle of the road. Yeah. Would you take... And, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Would you take... If you're the Tons, would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over Tannehill? I would also take Jimmy Garoppolo over Tannehill. Maybe it's slightly worse of a fit just because Ryan Tannehill yeah. does need to throw it deeper in order to make best use of Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. But with that being said, at the end of the day, I think that they're winning that division because I don't know that the division is going to be very good. I mean, it depends on what the Colts do, first of all, with their quarterback. I think if the Colts get a very high-profile quarterback, that's going to put a lot more pressure on the Titans. But assuming the rest of the division remains status quo, I still think that a Titans with Jimmy Garoppolo can win the division. And ultimately, regardless of fit, I'm taking playoff Jimmy over playoff Ryan Tannehill. So playoff, Jimmy playoff Jimmy, who completed 10 of 18 passes for 131 yards and an interception hey, this game. One interception's better than three. That's so. 100% true. If I'm the Titans, I probably wouldn't take Jimmy G over Tannehill just simply because of the fit. Jimmy isn't really a deep ball thrower, and I think to maximize Derrick Henry, I think you kind of need that. So I'm going to blitz you with a few kind of lower-tier guys and tell me if you would take any of them. Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, potentially. I don't think he's moving, but whatever. And let's say the Colts and Titans decided to in-season swap quarterbacks. Would you take Carson Wentz over Ryan Tannehill? I think the only player I would really... Oh, oh uh, keep going, keep going. I think the only player out of those guys you mentioned I would truly entertain is Baker Mayfield. And I thought that may be a hot take to some people. But I just think, I'll just talk about Baker and not really address the other quarterbacks you said. I guess as a general big cap statement for the other quarterbacks you said, they're either ending, coming towards the end of their careers, A, or B, just haven't shown enough in the playoffs in general for me to, you know, say that they're going to be able to win a Super Bowl. But not like Baker's has either to that extent. But I just think that Baker also comes from an offense that relies heavily on play action. In fact, the play the guy who's taught and developed Baker Mayfield into the play action quarterback in that system that he has in at the Browns is the same guy who taught Rodgers and Rodgers credits as he did in an interview on the Pat McAfee show for teaching him play action. I think that that's something about Baker Mayfield that's very overrated. Sure, he's very errant with the ball, but I think that he is a good play action quarterback. And I think at this point, I'm kind of unsure whether or not Baker is going to ever have the chance to win a Super Bowl. If I were a betting man, I would say no. But then again, I can't help but think that in the perfect right fit, Baker still has a shot at going to win a ring. In Ryan Tannehill, I think I'm much more certain in saying that I don't see this man becoming a championship quarterback. I think that the stench of Adam Gase is all over him when it comes to these late season games. And maybe that's pure gut take, and it probably is at this point. But I think switching it up at this point is just better than the status quo for the Titans. So give me Baker Mayfield in that in that pool. Yeah, I think that Baker is honestly Ryan Tannehill minus seven years or whatever. I think they play a very similar style, like you said. I think Baker would probably fit the offense decently. But at this point, and honestly, maybe it just needs a change of scenery. Like if I'm the Titans, I would also, if I can kind of get that without taking a huge cap hit from Ryan Tannehill, which I don't know if it's possible... I'll try and get Baker just to like get younger, inject a little exuberance, a little hype, a little leadership. Uh, I would also get Baker, but I just think that they're basically the same quarterback I at this so. point. At this point in their career, yeah. 
one last name that I think we'd both take right would be Kirk Cousins. If yes, they can get yes. Kirk Cousins, I think that they're probably a Super Bowl contender again next year, and I don't think they are with Ryan Tannehill. My hot take is that, depending on what the Colts do, the Titans might miss the playoffs. Because I think that the roster that and if Derrick Henry, like, isn't Derrick Henry, if he's ne- even just starts to decline, I, I don't know how they do without him. Yeah. It's just kind of funny to see that both the two best running backs in the league are on rival teams in the same division. With bad quarterbacks. And both have very quarterbacks that are very yeah. up-and-down, roller coaster type quarterbacks. So it's interesting to think that maybe that those types of quarterbacks and those types of teams bring the best out of a running back, yeah. and they just have to play that way out of necessity. Or it could be by pure happenstance that both landed in the same division. Who knows? But hopefully one of them is going to get the Super Bowl that they each deserve. So we'll see. We'll see what's to come. Put them on the same team, man. If I'm Derrick Henry at the end of my career, I'm signing wherever Jonathan Taylor is. And then instead of two running quarterbacks, it's just two running backs just winning. Or, or you could have a system with both Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill and just kind of have a Jonathan Taylor for Ryan Tannehill type trade. That would also be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll have to workshop that as we're trying to worm our way into yes. the, the coaching circle. Yes. All right. Let's get into picks. Let, let's start with the uh, – you heard Brad's picks already. It's uh, Bengals-Rams. So so tell me your picks and tell me what kind of stands out in these games. So I think I touched a little bit about the Niners uh, initially. Mm-hmm. Although I do think that the Rams have a better roster. And I think on, no way. And I think and I think on paper have a better chance to win this game. I've picked against the Niners too much this past postseason. I picked against them pretty much in all the games since their final game of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Also against their heck, I picked them in like not outright, but just by the fact that by my virtue of my picks in week eighteen, I essentially picked them to not make the playoffs at this point. I think I just have to learn from my mistakes. And just like I hyped on the, uh, hopped on the Dolphins bandwagon at the exactly wrong time, <laughs> I hope to not make that same mistake and hopping on the Niners bandwagon way too late. But I'm gonna have to pick the Niners pretty much by the points I talked about earlier in the earlier in the pod. So here's my deal, right? My my whole thing is like trust the narrative, right? And I'm looking at three different streaks, which I think could be upheld in this game, and I don't know what to favor. The first one, Shanahan is unbeaten in his last five games against McVay I think that I I don't know what it is but he just has like a mental up on him I think they're both really good coaches but I think Shanahan just knows how to beat him so that's one narrative in favor of the Niners six straight win I think a second narrative is the Rams are at home and they're if they win they would play a home Super Bowl which I there was one last year I you know Who's to say there won't be a second one in a row this year? Like, I think that's heavily favored. But that being said, they're new to L.A. I wouldn't necessarily say they have the same home atmosphere that a lot of other teams do. And the third narrative is that you've been picking against them and they've been winning. And now you pick them and they lose. And I did that with the Dolphins, too. And so... Right. And so have I. And I don't know. It's kind of a catch-22. I... I don't know if me picking them will make them lose or if me not picking them will make them win. I don't think there's any thing here that like moves the needle too much. I'm just going to go off my gut and what I want to see. And I want to see Jimmy G in the Super Bowl just for maximal chaos. But that being said, I wouldn't be mad if the Rams win because I am rooting for Matt Stafford. 
and I want to see him win a Super Bowl. But Niners lock it in. Somehow we both picked the Niners. Oh boy, I could just, I have a feeling in my gut that this is the week the Niners. Are, and I apologize yeah. to Shanahan and the entire John Lynch and the entire Niners organization on our behalf for jinxing your team. Yeah, we're we're sorry, but if you want to shout us out, we will not <laughs> complain. Exactly. In fact, if you shout us out, we will switch our picks to unjinx your team, and we will in fact jinx the Rams. Exactly. Exactly. So so moving on to the AFC champ. Championship, who's your pick? Um, I listen. I've said Packers Chiefs from the start, and I thought the Packers would win the Super Bowl. The Packers are out, but I, as sad as it is, like I don't see Mahomes not winning this game. I know the Bengals kind of won the first matchup, and like I, I don't think this game is far away. I think the Bengals very much have a shot. But I think if Mahomes proved anything this last time out uh, against the Bills, is that He's kind of still the one to beat. And I think especially when he's playing kind of a challenger, like an upstart quarterback who could potentially dethrone him as the future of the NFL, I think he gets up for those games. And I, if I'm Burrow, I'm scared. Because I think if you take even five sacks against the Chiefs, I don't think you're winning this game. I think the Bengals have the weapons to do it, but I just don't think they have the line. And I don't think... I just don't think they can overcome Mahomes with this current iteration of their team. So, Chiefs. I fully want the Bengals to win this game. Me too. Joe Burrow against Jimmy G in the Super Bowl. Like, come on. <laughs> and so, as as a favor to the Bengals, I will not hop on the Bengals bandwagon when it's too late. <laughs> and in fact, I will hop on the Chiefs bandwagon that I probably should have been on now that it's very, very late. Hopefully with the intention of jinxing the Chiefs. But more so, admittingly, just because of the fact that deep down, I do think the Chiefs will win this game. By the way, I believe it was only like four weeks ago when I asked my two co-hosts if the Chiefs were the team to beat in the AFC, and they not only told me no, they scoffed at me. They laughed at me. So take take that as you will. I did. I did, admittedly. Because I, I think it was a mixture of me being salty after the Chargers' overtime loss, but also just because I think... Even through this week, they are a team that shows lots of weaknesses. And I think in the first few weeks when they were winning these last-second efforts, you want to call it a coin toss, you want to call it whatever you want. At the end of the day, I think at some point I have to realize Mahomes is just a clutch-winning quarterback. Like, I don't think we can chalk it up to, you know, they're getting lucky in this sense or that sense. Like, at this point, it's just clutch. I'm probably coming around to it, hopefully jinxing it too. So in that sense, I'll pick the Chiefs. So there you have it, folks. Me and Roe, are both picking the Niners against Chiefs rematch. Uh, and Brad's the exact opposite. Yeah, and so because be because of how this podcast works, none of us are going to be right, and it's going to be Bengals-Niners in the Super Bowl. Arguably uh, the most interesting and probably most fun in terms of, you know, underdog standpoint game to watch. Yeah. I, listen, I last weekend was one of the greatest weekends of football I've ever seen. That's why I think... It's safe to say that's why we all watch. I just hope this weekend brings us more of the same. I agree. I'm looking forward to it. Should be should be a great football weekend. Absolutely. Any last thoughts? Uh, I'm just really excited for a Pro Bowl podcast next week because <laughs> then I'll get to see some of the Chargers playing that I would have liked to see playing this upcoming week. But, hey, I'm, I'm just looking forward to some more good football. Yeah, we'll be picking – the NFL MVP along with the Pro Bowl MVP. So yes. stay and, tuned. And the for winner that. of the AFC NFC dodgeball game among the other <laughs> little events they have. So they also they added some other events. It was like the the running contest. I think they they might have brought back just like 
how far you could throw or something. I just think they brought back a couple of interesting things. So maybe for the first time in my life, I might tune into the okay, Pro Bowl this enough. year. So stay tuned for that. But this has been a great pod. I know Brad would say goodbye if he could, uh, but he's off gathering insider sources for next week's pod. Uh, it's been a blast, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.